Welcome. Welcome, lovely listeners, to another episode of the Soccer Capital Podcast. I am your host, Mike Turner, and with me, as always, is our producer, Mason. How are you doing today, Mason? Oh, just grand. Excited to talk sports. Love talking sports. And again, we're blessed with the presence of our co-host, Sean Campbell, who is in West County, St. Louis. How's things going there today, Sean? They're going a little better than they have been, but uh, we'll we'll talk the sports ball and see how he goes. Yeah, that's a that's the plan. That's the way it should go. Uh, Mason and I are in our recording studio in uh, Southern Illinois as uh, we reach out, and we're here to support uh, St. Louis City SC as much as we can. And this week we have a little bit of news. Still early days yet for the club. Things trickle in, but things are happening. Uh, the St. Louis City Academy U17s did play Sporting KC. In uh, Kansas City, uh, they took it on the chin 5-1. The U16s did not play. Uh, But those happens with the academy. It's all learning experience. Uh, Next game will be this Saturday at 9 a.m. at Creevecourt Park is uh, Austin FC bring their academy to town. Yeah, it seems to be about the only good news that I've got for sporting this weekend. Yeah, it was that was a heck of a game, though. Not on your side on that. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, other news, uh, the St. Louis City uh, City Stadium is coming together. They have now added the glass out front of the main concourse, and the canopy that is over the seating area is coming together. Uh, photos were courtesy of the new St. Louis City app, which if you haven't downloaded and logged into, it's uh, really useful information and quite well done, and we highly recommend it. Yeah, um, I don't know if anyone else noticed this, but... Uh... This over the week, over the course of the weekend, I, I happened to see that they opened a community futsal court in the middle of Marquette Park, and believe me when I say you folks got to see the pictures of these this thing because it's downright crisp. I I love it. Incorporates the colors of the city. It's great little community outreach before we even have players signed onto the signed onto the team. So I just wanted to make make sure I mentioned that. Go check it out if you get a chance. Marquette Park down in Dutchtown. Yeah, I saw the pictures uh, also on the app, but on Twitter as well, and it looks really good. Yeah, they're doing a lot of exciting things in the city, city is doing. And and, uh, speaking of St. Louis City SC, I had a couple of thoughts I came up with, see if any of my uh, conspirators here with me uh, agree with me, but I had a thought the other night that uh, poor Joss Sargent, things just aren't working well for him in Europe. Uh, he's on another relegation-bound team with Norwich City, not really getting the play up front like you'd expect. He's not really truly kicking on as a scorer. Seems to, you know, with bad teams and all the pressures to come with uh, facing relegation, he's just not getting the kind of play that you would expect to develop for somebody playing in uh, large leagues in Europe. One thing he might need is more time. Time to be on the field and scoring goals and uh, getting lots of minutes and learning how to be a leader because he seems to be lacking in confidence. And wouldn't it be great? Because I bet he has a uh, release clause in his contract if they get relegated with Norwich City. It'd be great if like the first signing, the first DP for St. Louis City would be Josh Sargent to come home and lead the line. And, uh, you know, Maybe wishful thinking, but what a great way to start it off, and it could be very good for his development and career. 
uh, at going forward, not just with club, but also with country. What do you guys think on that? Uh, I think it'd be really cool to see him come back. Um, and if he basically ends up going from Zwei uh, Bundesliga to championship and he's just right in pine, it's not going to do him any good. I'm just excited to have another uh, another Pat Maroon in the t- in the city. So <laughs> I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. Uh, the odds of this actually happening are, well, they're not. They're not zero. They're but... not zero. Uh, you could see it happening, especially if things don't go well with Norwich. But he'll have an, another year uh, on that uh, before St. Louis City starts next season. So things, the timing just not might not be good, and it just might not be something he's interested in. But it's just a thought. Uh, you know, with no games, what are we left with? But thinking too much. So moving on from one bit of speculation to yet another. The U.S. men's national team rosters for the second window of World Cup qualifying are expected to be dropped sometime this week. And uh, we have some thoughts of what we might like or more than likely what we actually expect on this. And uh, there'll be possibly some changes in this as there's players that are not healthy, players that were unavailable last window to come in. Uh, The big question is, last time... uh, Coach Greg Berhalter only brought in 26 players and immediately lost a bunch of them to injury and other uh, shenanigans. That's the good word, shenanigans. Uh, So does he bring more in this? uh, As there's a complicating factor that in the the UK, United Kingdom has Panama on its red list of, uh, you know, restricted travel. So any of the... uh, Players that are based on teams in the UK would, if they traveled to Panama, even they play or not, would be subject to a, what is now a five-day quarantine upon returning back to England and before they can join their clubs once this window is over. And that would affect, of course, Christian Pulisic, Anthony Robinson, Zach Steffen, Tim Ream, and... Uh, Josh Sargent, and uh, even Horthbath, even, who's in the uh, championship. All of those would be affected by that quarantine. There has been rumor that uh, it, FIFA's asking that it be taken away that, that, uh, to allow international players to travel, but that's up to the British government. So we'll see how that affects everything in camp. Also... Reports were from uh, CBS Sports' Roger Gonzalez today that uh, Claudio Reyna will not be on the roster initially because he's still injured, has not played since the window. Uh, There is a chance, though, if he gets healthy, he could be called in at a later date. Also, Christian Pulisic still has not played since the uh, last game of the last window for the U.S. team as well for Chelsea. So we'll have to see if he's healthy with that ankle injury picked up there in the game against Honduras. Yeah, Pulisic's only played two games since the start of the EPL season. He played those two international games, and that's it. Yeah, he has not played much. Uh, Getting fit, coming in, not starting. There's been issues there, and now he's injured again. He had the COVID. He had the international travel. Uh, He's in danger of losing, you know, even the backup spot on that roster if he keeps staying out. I hope that's not the case. Uh, he is quality when he plays, but you got to play. 
Good news is some of the players that weren't available, like Matthew Hoppe and Shaq Moore, who were looking for a change in uh, you know their club scene at the start of the season during the last window, they should be available, and we expect to see them, especially Hoppy in this upcoming roster. Also, LA Galaxy right back Julian Araujo is a eligible for both Mexico and the U.S. Will he get the call in? He has been called in before. He just hasn't accepted the call in as he tries to sort out what his international duty is. So we'll see how that goes. It's really up to him. I don't know how many times you can turn down important national team call-ups before the team stops calling you. But uh, he also has to decide what his future is going to be that's best for him as well. So we'll see how that goes. Big question surrounding camp is, will Weston McKinney be brought in? You know, he was sent home because he broke COVID violations, broke team rules, basically, that applied to everyone. And uh, Berhalter says he's welcome back, but he's got to earn the trust again of the coaching staff and the players. I don't see any reason to keep him out unless there's things going on behind the scenes that we don't know. But uh, he is healthy, and that's good. Uh Tyler Adams had been, had a knock, had missed a game for RB Leipzig, but uh, he was on the bench for their last game. Didn't catch if he played or not. It's not my notes for some reason. Which player? But uh, he is uh, Tyler Adams. Let me check. I actually have that pulled up. Um, the last one was against uh, Hertha Berlin, correct, on Saturday? Yeah. Yeah, no, he was He was still out for that one. No, I thought he was. I thought I'd seen that he was actually on the on the roster on the bench well but he was not on the roster uh as as per sbi mr galarsep says he was out with an injury mm, that's not good news i'm hearing that he is still possible to be in this camp and not injured but that would be a huge loss it may have been precautionary could be and thanks for that sean and uh couple of newcomers I'd like to see come in. They both uh, are playing in the Bundesliga. Is uh, uh, Munch Gladbach's Joe Scali, who could play either right back or left back, which is uh, flexibility that this team could use. And doing fairly well for a young player over there in his first season. Every, all the players that might be in front of him are all injured for that team, so they're leaning on him hard, and he's Playing well, he did have one bad game, but young players almost do, always do. A player who's not having bad games is uh, Chris Richards, the Bayern Munich uh, center back who is on loan again with Hoffenheim. They really liked him in his half-year stint last time. They brought him back for, I, I believe, the full season this time. And it's time to have him come into camp. It's time to see what he can do. He's young. As a center back, there's not a lot of young center backs out there. Even Miles Robinson is not a young player. And I know a lot of people would like to see him get a run out. And it's probably time to get him into camp. Especially given another Bundesliga player, John Brooks, did not have a good uh, window last time. And he hasn't been playing well uh, in the Bundesliga so far since then. Uh, may he, he may be out of this what used to be locked in starting role. Especially with Miles Robinson playing so well lately, he seems to be the first choice at center back, even above Brooks now. So we'll see. That's up for Burhalter to decide. And that's why he's paid the big bucks, and I don't have to make those decisions. Eunice Musa is healthy. 
and back playing for Valencia in uh, La Liga in Spain. And uh, he's still a raw, very young player, but very talented. He's played well in his uh, couple of friendlies he's played with with the U.S. national team. And uh, he has one particular skill set that this team could use, which is his ability to push the ball up the field on the dribble from the midfield. Uh, do expect him to be called in. Of course, uh, he's just now getting back. We'll see what Burhalter does, but I expect him to be in. Striker role is interesting. Uh, Ricardo Pepe has to be there. Jossie Zardes is healthy now. You figure he's going to be there because he scores goals for the national team. And uh, Jordan Pifok just can't stop scoring goals for young boys in Switzerland, including in the Champions League against Man United. If they got those three and Matthew Hoppy on the roster, does that mean that Josh Sargent will be squeezed out? It's possible. We'll see what happens when the rosters come out. Conrad De La Fuente depends upon uh, Reina and Pulisic and perhaps travel restrictions to Panama. There's a thought that Conrad De La Fuente could be squeezed out of this. He's been playing well in France. He wasn't terribly effective in the World Cup qualifiers, but they were down on wingers coming in. Paul Areola for DC United is healthy. Uh, He's a known quantity with the U.S. national team. As the uh, Scuff podcast says, he's He's very good at being danger adjacent. In other words, he could get down, play defense. He puts in a shift. He's got some skills. But one thing he can't do is put the ball in the back of the net. And, of course, we expect to see Sebastian Legette and Christian Roldan. They're kind of the bench leaders. Uh, Berhalter's called Roldan his Swiss Army knife to bring in in games because he's position versatile. Legette... Uh, has played better recently after having a rough summer, but his history of the U.S. national team is very good. Any other thoughts on any players any of you folks have? Um, I think we all know where I'm going to go with this one and uh, who I think needs to get the call to camp for this 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 window. Um, so do, do I even need to say it? <laughs> do I even need <laughs> uh, to say it? Jean-Carl, <laughs> it's Busio, right? Oh, yes, uh, of course. He's getting consistent starts he's getting consistent playing time he's not having bad games he's i mean i can't exactly watch all of his games it's it's on a different on the other side of the world on a network that i don't exactly always have access to but from what i've seen from just looking at notes on the games he's been playing well he's already got an assist for his squad and now that he's settled in i don't see what's keeping burhalter from bringing him in i i just don't see what's stopping him um, one other note that I want to, I, I think needs to be discussed is if, if Burhalter has the option to bring more than 26 to camp, he better bring more than 26 to camp, especially if he plans on bringing any players over in England. Cause if he's bringing anyone from over there, that's automatically one game they can't play. And you're going to need to fill out a bench somehow. You're going to have to fill out that bench somehow. So you're going to have to bring as many players mm-hmm. as you can to camp for that. Um, there are no limits on how many players he can bring to camp. So bring as, bring as many as will could come. and should bring more. Bring yeah. as many as yeah. as will as will show up, for sure. As we ran into it last window, where there was almost a shortage through injuries and other stuff. You know the shenanigans, and it did cause, it did cause problems. Uh, a lot of that that 
short roster he brought in with all the injuries, that's one reason why he, he said that he started that crazy lineup against Honduras is he didn't think DeAndre Edlin was fit enough to start and play all those minutes. Uh, yeah, here nor there, I'm not sure Tyler Adams at right back was the right choice, though if you really have to find somebody to slot in there, I would rather Tyler Adams play right back and Kellen Acosta play the eight than Kellen Acosta try it right back, to be honest myself. But it really does harm the team when you take Tyler Adams out of the middle of the pitch, as it's been shown time and time again for this team. Also, one more player I'd like to name uh, that we didn't mention yet, and I don't know how, is uh, guess who's back in form and playing full 90 already? One Serginho Dest. He's back to he's back to playing full 90 and got an assist this weekend. So I'd like to see him get called back in. Oh, I'm sure he will be. He's sort of a locked-in one. Uh, defensive frailties or no, reports are I didn't see the game, but uh, for Barcelona in the last game, he was very good defensively. And uh, he just needs to be more engaged on that side of the field instead of pushing forward. But I do expect to see him. And uh, DeAndre Yedlin, who is starting consistently in the Turkish leagues for Galatasaray, a perennial Champions League club. So he's getting high-quality minutes in a pretty quality league on that. So expect to see him there. Anthony Robinson is also still in fine form. And uh, with that showing he had against Honduras and during the rest of the window, I expect uh, Dest and Robinson to be the starters on that. But again, it's three games in a week, so you can expect some people to be rotated out. Some got played too often uh, last time because of the numbers crunch. I hope Berhalter uh, learned his lesson and we don't have that sort of numbers crunch. Any other thoughts from anyone on the what you think from the roster. Anyone I didn't mention that was there before, we're expecting to be back. Uh, so it's pretty much as is. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't really think anybody that anyone else. Yeah, and uh, hopefully, perhaps tomorrow, perhaps while we record this on Tuesday evening, they've dropped <laughs> it while we're doing this recording. Uh, but we'll find out shortly what's going on. And then, of course, there's time for players to get injured and others to be called in. Uh, two of the games, Jamaica and uh, the first game, and uh, then uh, Costa Rica, the last game of the window, are at home. They do have to travel, as we mentioned, to Panama for the middle game of this series. And quite honestly, this, with the home games and the competition, may be one of the easiest windows of World Cup qualifying, whereas the last window was one of the hardest that they were going to face. And the team now got a chance to do World Cup qualifying, see what it's all about. Uh, there was talk afterwards from the players, the coach, uh, that uh, they did have to go through that learning experience, that they were a little taken aback at the intensity of the fans and the players on the other team and uh, the conditions and everything else that went on and the complications from Weston McKinney's shenanigans. Mm-hmm. One thing I would like to see going forward through these windows is a, some consistency on the team. Thank you, Mr. Mason. I was about to mention that. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that's that been a, a recurring issue is that we haven't been able to put together the same squad repeatedly and find any sort of chemistry. It's been kind of hodgepodge together um, with some really fine talent, but nothing like no guys that have stuck together long enough to really gel together. And one thing to have because of injuries and other things, 
the actual true spine of the team, the core, uh, Pulisic, Reyna, McKinney, and Adams, I do not believe have ever started a national team's game together at the same time. Ever. So that comes with that, and it looks like it's not going to happen again in this window right now. But the, the pool is the deepest by far it's ever been. There's good players that aren't going to get called up in some of these windows. So the U.S. should be able to overcome that and still win, you know, these games, especially the ones at home. Uh, six points is the baseline. Seven points is what they should be shooting for. Absolutely. And uh, nine is a very reasonable target this time. Nine in the last window perhaps was a bit unreasonable. But the team's good enough to win them all. You know, there's only one team in World Cup qualifying that's possibly better, and that's Mexico, and they've already beaten them twice this summer. So they should win. You know, you're not going to win all the games, but they shouldn't lose any. That's the thing. Don't lose any. But you can't draw three times here with two at home against this competition. And another five would be pretty disappointing. Coming away from that last window with five was fine. Five here, again, would hurt pretty bad. Yeah, six would be the, you know, the bottom acceptable number out of these three games. And they start up, checks his notes. That game at home against Jamaica is on October 7th with that. Then October 10th in Panama and October 13th back home against Costa Rica. I will, And uh, I think that uh, pretty much... Go ahead, Sean. I just wanted to interject... Um... I agree six would be probably what we need to shoot for, but I think five is the absolute minimum. Just not losing a game, but winning the easy one. Um, that it yeah. Will it be disappointing if we only come away with five? Yes. Will there be a little bit more heat on Burhalter? Probably. But I, I just don't think that, you know, five is out of the realm of possibility, especially with, you know, some of these teams, especially J- Jamaica might have a hot game and get back to it. Who knows? Um, but anything less than five is where you really start questioning Burhalter. That's when the heat starts getting applied. But uh, five being disappointing, but it's barely acceptable. But it's... It's probably good enough to keep you on pace to qualify yeah. as well. Yeah. I and- would obviously prefer seven over six. But oh, of course, five yeah. is pretty much bare minimum, yeah. But uh, that's neither here nor there. You know, see who they bring into camp. And let's not forget, the players have to perform up to their their talent and their expected level as well. Yeah, we're really coming in with some hard-hitting analysis. Uh, yeah, I would like them to get more points rather than less. <laughs> Sports ball! That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> and with that note, I think that wraps up uh, what we have to say in speculation about the roster be very interested to see. I think everyone that's associated uh, fans of the national team of the U.S. is really looking forward to see who knew, who is on this roster. Also very interested to see if Pulisic can get a game in before it starts. <laughs> yeah, who knows? But uh, moving on, we're going to wrap up this show here shortly. But first, we want to do our usual MLS roundup because St. Louis City will be playing in MLS, so it's always good to know what's going on in the league. And as always... Because we know there's a lot of uh, Sporting KC fans that have been following them while there was no MLS team in St. Louis for years. We've got our own Sporting KC fan in Sean Campbell, and he's here with the uh, Sporting KC moment for this week. 
perhaps not his uh, favorite time to talk about it. But what do you got for us this week, Sean? This week, um, yeah, a lot of mistakes that game. You can't be giving away points to a team like Sounders this late in the game when you're you're battling for top spot. Don't, ex- don't I ex- fully expect to see some leapfrogging back and forth between the two when it comes to these last eight or so games that we've got left. But you can't give a, you can't drop points to them when you're playing them. That's just unacceptable. Um, it, that's all I'm going to say on that one. Um, moving forward to the upcoming FC Dallas game, we've got midweek. It's going to be interesting to see if Vermees goes with, uh, are we going to change formation or are we putting someone out of position again? Because we don't have a right back for this game. Lindsay's hurt. Zussi is apparently out on yellow card accumulation. And uh, does he go with the back three and risk it against FC Dallas in Dallas, where we haven't exactly had the best luck? Who knows? We'll probably find out tomorrow. But the most important is I just I just want to make sure that we all take a moment to recognize that uh, we, we lost a great member of the Cauldron over the weekend. Um, I don't know all the details, but the, the drummer for the Cauldron, Eduardo Meza, passed away suddenly. And again, I don't know details, and I don't know how to get them out to you as soon as I find out, but everyone's heart in the Cauldron hangs heavy because he was such a important part to this team, to this club, to these supporters, and to the family that is the Cauldron. And my, my thoughts and prayers go out to him and his family, his friends, and everyone that knew him. Yeah, that's terrible news. Sorry. Sorry that happened. And uh, best wishes out to his family, the friends, and the Cauldron there at Sporting Kansas City. Uh, it's a shame, especially the drummer, such a key part of uh, the supporters section. That's a shame. Sorry to hear that. However, stepping back into what we were speaking of, I did watch all of that uh, Sounders uh, Sporting KC game, and that was a good match in MLS. You're seeing two of the three very best teams in the league going at each other. And basically what it came down to was uh, individual errors by Sporting Kansas City is what happened. The uh, Sounders experienced that midweek when they played Lyon in the League's Cup final. They got beat because there was a couple of individual errors that cost them the game. Those things can be overcome. The Sounders came back and uh, they won after that disappointing loss against Lyon in the uh, League's Cup final. And uh, they played well. You know, Sporting had a long layoff coming into this game. They were rested. Sometimes that doesn't work too well. Uh, the Sounders just seemed a little more lively a hair more alert, and maybe a quarter step quicker to balls in the box. And their defensive structure was very stout because Kansas City was attacking like mad and had their chances, but uh, the Sounders, they gave up one, but they didn't bend. It is a very good game, very high quality, very, very, very entertaining, all the way to the final whistle. So kudos to MLS on that match. Rolling along... And speaking of rolling along, the Portland Timbers are just tearing up the league. Ever since they got thrashed uh, in the Cascadia Cup match against Seattle, uh, they just keep winning and going. They got healthy again. Sebastian Blanco's back. They've got people coming in. And they dropped six on Real Salt Lake this past 
yeah. weekend. Yeah, they got they got their he got their butts kicked by Seattle and took it personally and then hung the uh, forbidden scoregami score on Salt Lake. <laughs> <laughs> and Timber Joey's probably going to need a Timber Joey's probably going to need a vacation after this one chopping up all those that or shoulders. They were surgery. coming so fast there at one point. Yeah. <laughs> he just was chopping and chopping and chopping the goals were coming so fast. But they're rolling. Uh, of course, they are far down in the standings, but they could be a real problem come playoff time. And right now they look like they're going to be there. Uh, another team that was rolling and then just laid an egg uh, against Philadelphia over the weekend is Atlanta United. It was a 1-0 scoreline, but Philadelphia just outplayed them. Atlanta just looked flat like they have not looked for the last two months. Uh, maybe it's a one-off for them. Uh, things didn't match up, but we'll see how that goes. Their games are fast and heavy here till the end of the season, as we're about three-quarters through for most of the teams right now through the season. The New England Revolution are just destroying the league. They win again. Uh, they were being held. Who was it they played? It Was it the Fire? They, well, they, they were going two, for the draw. They played two Revs games. played Orlando. They played Fire midweek, and then they played, hold on, I have it right here. Orlando. Yeah. Yeah, they played Orlando on Saturday. That fire game, that was a draw. It's in stoppage time. They get a break. I believe the pass was Tejan Buchanan to Carlos Hill. And just that man just oozes class. Put a top shelf over the goalie, won the game for the Revs in stoppage time, and they just keep coming up with wins. They're not blowing teams out. And that goal clinched the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, that's where your big stars shine, and there's hardly any bigger star in MLS right now than Carlos Heal, now that he's healthy again. But they're not blowing teams out. They're just winning by uh, one goal, but they keep winning. It says something about a team that can just keep winning games. That's a roundup of things I found important, other than one note that came in yesterday is FC Cincinnati has fired head coach Yapstam. Here at the end of the season, uh, they're in need of a general manager. Now they're in need of a coach. And the rumor mill is out there. Bob Bradley's out of a contract at the end of this season. And uh, the wishful thinking in Cincinnati right now is they'll bring in Bob Bradley as coach and general manager. Uh, the club did say that they fired the coach, and it did have to do with the hiring of a general manager, which was kind of cryptic. Uh, so we'll see where that goes. They they are now going to have their fourth permanent manager in their club's history, which is, what, three, four years old? That's about the same number that Sporting KC has had in their entire existence, either as Sporting KC, the Wizards, or the Wiz. Does that sound about right to you, Sean? I mean, when you've got someone like PV running the show, there's a reason we call ourselves Peter's, yeah. we call ourselves Vermi's Army, because he's going to go until he can't go no more. <laughs> yep. Yeah, like uh, Arsene Wenger and, and Sir Alex Ferguson over in England. He's just, uh, he's the dominance of that team, for sure. And he's chewed up a lot of years in that head coaching. There's a reason why they haven't had very many. He's been there for the half or more of uh, all the wins they've ever had in that franchise. In the West, I can't tell you, the Colorado Rapids aren't, they aren't losing but they keep getting draws, so they're kind of fading out. Still expect them to be in the top four or top three at the end of the year with the Timbers closing. And the Eastern Conference, 
no since going through that uh, spots three for, through about ten are still going to change week by week depending upon results. And we pretty much know who's locked in number one there. And uh, let's not forget Nashville. Uh, they're still chugging along in second place, yeah. and they don't seem to be overtaken soon. Yeah, kind of quietly, but yeah, they're just hanging right in there. Anything else from MLS, guys? Um, I do have one last thing to note. Um, so as I said, er, well, I guess two things technically, but I did I did mention earlier that that, get, that goal from Hill clinched the first official playoff berth of the season for the Revolution, and it was a beauty of doing it. But most importantly, I want to. I, I think this needs to be mentioned because it's one of the very few bright spots they have. Austin FC finally has a clean sheet. They finally they blanked the Galaxy, and I just have to say I think my personal goal of the week, not because it was the most amazing, but because of what it means for this franchise. It was in the 79th minute. Gaines scores, and he becomes the first homegrown player for Austin to score for Austin FC, and I think that's just absolutely wonderful to see. Congratulations to our boys in green. Yeah, McKenzie uh, Gaines had that. Also, Jite, their DP striker that's finally on the field, got through his visa, got in shape. He scores. Austin does have a striker, and that's what they've been missing all year. They're on pace for one of the worst seasons of an expansion franchise, but they're playing on the field and the eye test. They're not that bad. But, uh, you know, it's hard to be uh, an expansion club, as we're going to find out with City here in about a year and a half. It won't be all roses for all the teams all the time. Yeah, you can't always be uh, Nashville. Or it's certainly not Atlanta or LAFC. We just don't want to be a Cincy. Ooh. They... From from their initial signings, from the draft, they've been a mess. They didn't really seem to have a clear idea of what they were doing. Minnesota also was very bad their first couple of years, but they've turned it around. Uh, but I wouldn't mind City having a season like Austin, where we look good on the field. It's exciting team. Uh, maybe the wins aren't coming. I'd like to have more wins than Austin. But, uh, you know, for the first year, coming in as an expansion team, at least play enjoyable football and make it exciting for the fans because the fans are going to be excited. But just play exciting and play your heart out. And that's pretty much what Lutz has guaranteed the team's going to look like. Yeah, I mean, it'll be rough to watch us just tumble down the table. But yeah, as long as it's a fun product out on there on the field, it wouldn't be so bad. Yep. Remember, everyone, uh, thanks for listening. We really appreciate you. Be sure to subscribe in your podcaster of choice, and please rate and review the podcast. It really helps us out. Anything else from uh, you, Mason, or from Sean? That's all I've got. I got nada. All right. Very good. I am your host, Mike Turner. I'm your producer, Mason. And I'm your soon-to-be-relocating resident hooligan, Sean Campbell. (laughs) And we are the Soccer Capital Podcast. Thanks again for listening. Bye for now.